Night House had its premiere at Sundance all the way back in January of 2020. Flash forward to late August of 2021, and it's just hit your local multiplex. Directed by David Buckner from an original screenplay by Ben Collins and Luke Piotrowski, the psychological horror tells the story of Beth, played by the wonderful Rebecca Hall, as she unearths both literally and figuratively secrets kept by her late husband Owen in the wake of his suicide. It would be difficult to say what is more terrifying, confronting your fear of death, loss and abandonment, or learning that the person you've loved for so long might not have existed at all. On today's episode, we will not only hash out our thoughts and feelings on the Nighthouse, but we will also try to connect it to existing milestones in the genre. Think of it as the horror version of Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. Once again, thank you for listening. Please enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to Movies Last Night. How are you doing? Good, man. Good, Scott. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm not too bad. I'm uh, enjoying the weather that we're having right now. It's like beautiful 70 degree weather. It's really nice. Yeah. I know. Um, It's about time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's been, it's been rain apocalypse. uh, (laughs) Yeah. So um, before we get into it, Eric, is there anything you wanted to um, to mention? Anything? Or just want to go straight into our usual shtick? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, there was something I, that I was uh, that I was thinking about, kind of uh, going up to the podcast. Uh, aside from everything else, and, and that was uh, my my kind of almost a, apology in a way to uh, to Robert Eggers <laughs> because oh, God. on, on uh, <laughs> <laughs> that that I know he's listening every every episode. So. Well, yeah, uh, which is like I don't know what I have uh, about that guy that I just have some sort of weird mental block with his with his name or something like that. But it's been on two separate podcasts that I've named him for something with someone else's name. Like there was one where we where I was talking about the witch, but I kept oh, yeah. saying Ari Aster because <laughs> I get because the two kind of work in the same in similar genres right so yeah, I, sure. I i kept saying you know aster when i was meaning edgars and then the last time it was i said david edgars who is an american author instead of robert uh edgars so yeah but it's uh, funny because when you said change that, your la- I... yeah ch- change your last name guys that's that's all yeah right well it's funny because when you said that i um I didn't notice it. And like, I was like, oh yeah, totally David Eggers. Like, you know what I mean? So at one point when we obviously inevitably become super famous because of this podcast, we'll oh, have an editor yeah. and we'll have like a fact checking team and they'll be like, yo, yeah. come on, you can't say that. Like, fix well, it. This is what he's called. 
Yeah, well, these early episodes are just going to be uh, uh, internet wiped. So, <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, it's funny because talking about getting the guy's name mixed up. So, um, today we're going to be talking about uh, the movie The Night House. The movie The Night House was directed by uh, a gentleman called David Buckner. And for some reason, I kept calling him Richard Buckner. Uh, even okay. after we saw the movie, I said, I was like, oh, I, that Richard Buckner sounds familiar. And it's because Richard Buckner's a, a folk singer, songwriter, who's really good, actually. And um, yeah. and so when we watched the movie, I was like, oh, wow, we must have moved on from doing music and he's doing movies now. <laughs> and uh, From doing folk music to, to psychological horror. Well, yeah, yeah. It, it's a natural leap. And what's funny <laughs> is... Um, I didn't even put that, I didn't even figure that out until like earlier today when I was recording the uh, intro for the podcast, which you guys have already heard. Um, and I looked up his name. So yeah, so you're not the only person doing it. I'm, I just <laughs> randomly spout facts about things with yeah. like the kind of conviction that makes it sound like I know what I'm talking about, but I'm sure <laughs> I've messed up a ton on the previous episodes. <laughs> you're going to get canceled, buddy. Yeah, I know. It's inevitable. Um, <laughs> um, cool. So, yeah, we're going to talk about the night house today. No big surprise there. I did leave a little clue on our Instagram, but I don't think anybody picked that up. Um, so without further ado, then I'm just going to shoot it to you, Eric, and let's just go at it. Yeah. Um, so. what? we're not going to change the, the name of the pot. I was thinking about this like the. We should be calling the podcast uh, Movies Last Nightmare because it seems like all that we're doing lately is just a bunch of horror movies. But yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's just that's just what's available right now, it seems like. If, unless you want to dive into, like, the the MCU or the what every other superhero-type movie. I mean, it's, it's it seems like... And I could be wrong. It just seems like the the pickings are kind of slim right now. Mm -hmm. But uh, but I mean that that's that's just what it is. So that that's what we're kind of that's what we're giving you. And uh, I hope you enjoy it. So, um, so we we had talked about um, uh, seeing the night house a few weeks ago, uh, but it just didn't work with our our schedule. So we had the opportunity to kind of. Uh, see it this past weekend and uh we started talking about well let's let's do something um a little different like let's let's maybe watch a few different movies that we think kind of connected or have connections to this movie because it does work on kind of um many levels in a way and um the movies that i chose deal um more or a lot with uh women uh, and grief and loss and uh in all all three of these movies it's all the the main characters have lost uh their significant others um two of them in two of the movies it's been husbands in one of the movies it was uh a brother so but all of them having kind of real close connections uh, to mm. each other, and and the and the entire movies kind of inform the overall kind of arc and world that they've created. Um, so the the two movies that I picked were um, Personal Shopper, mm -hmm. 
uh, with uh, Kristen Stewart and the and the Babadook, um, and I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure uh, who the um, the main actress was in that. I apologize, but yeah, um, sure. I was going to pick a third one, but the third one just didn't really kind of uh, fall into the theme. It was a little bit different, so I just kind of scratched that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, with the personal shopper. Uh, which is just uh, an amazing movie. Just a, I, I oh, had yeah. never, I'd never, yeah, I'd never seen it before, and uh, and um, and I'll, I will admit that I was a, a bit apprehensive because of uh, it's Chris, Kristen Stewart was in it. I, I don't know for whatever reason. I just I had an aversion uh, to seeing that, and that that's that's my fault. That's I mean, that's nothing on her. That's probably just some weird thing with me not wanting to watch a movie with her in it. And and I was completely wrong, you know, because yeah. that that she just she kills it in that in that movie. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. And so, um, so it's it's kind of about her her struggles with the loss of her brother, who they both share this uh, this malady of um some sort of growth that that's within them i guess kind of a a malformation that they both kind of share their 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 twins and um and it happens to kind of take him out at an early age he has a heart attack i believe and um and she has it but it's 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 benign you know i mean nothing's going on with it but then also she is a she's a personal shopper, hence the name. And but she also is a a medium or like like someone who's kind of uh spiritually attuned to um to spirits and, and her whole time it takes a place in Paris, her whole time she's trying to connect with her brother and uh deal with her kind of sense of loss in that way. And it it's a it's a movie that kind of takes you by surprise because it it it's kind of set up like a, a typical drama, but then out of nowhere you kind of get this this supernatural uh, presence or vibe that kind of follows her throughout the movie, and she's not sure if it's her brother, she's not sure if it's something more malevolent or whatever, but it's just about her coming coming to terms with with her her tremendous loss and uh and how she's trying to kind of get past it so yeah uh mm-hmm. that's the that's the reason that i picked personal shopper uh with the babadook it was um a woman lost her husband i i, I don't remember how he dies exactly but it's it's recent and it's she's dealing with um with grief and loss and then her her child that she has starts acting out in a way that kind of disrupts her ability her coping uh ability and her ability to kind of rest and uh kind of heal from all this kind of trauma that she has and then the the this book you know the babadook kind of comes up and then it and supposedly you know it kind of manifests within their lives and that this, so there's also kind of that supernatural kind of connection uh, as well. And 
in this movie, it's like, is it is it really happening? Is it a figment of her imagination? Is it just is it her trauma kind of manifesting itself? And she, and this is how she's dealing with it. So it, that's that is that kind of that that connect connective tissue between all, all three of them. It's there's there's these kind of real world things that are happening. You know that happen to can happen to everybody who's walking on the face of the earth, but then there's those little kind of sprinkles of the, this supernatural thing that is kind of overtaking them Mm -hmm. and, and how they, how they deal with uh, the situations that they're in uh, just being in a kind of a human world and and how they're kind of uh, coping with everything as it's happening. Um, And so with those two movies, the, those those were the main connections that I made with the Nighthouse. It was as I was watching, I was like, so what's the kind of like thing that's connecting all the all three of these things? And it was like the the main characters and their kind of ability to deal with grief and loss and how they kind of cope and and hopefully overcome the the situation in the end. Uh, so those are the two movies that I picked. Um, well, what, yeah, what, that, did you, what did you pick, Scott? Well, similarly too. So, um, or what I are your, yeah, feel, what, yeah, yeah, what are your no, opinions about those things? Yeah. No, I think that I think they're perfect picks because I do feel that this is tying into our conversation last week about horror and like how horror is fragmented into so many different subgenres. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely feel there is a the, there's a there's a genre of horror movies that do focus um, on grief and loss. Um, and then spin that grief and loss uh, into um, into a, into a horror movie, um, and then but like the the core, the emotional core, the disturbance is somebody's somebody accepting the loss of another person, um, moving on, and so like they, it, there's actually quite a lot. So when I was thinking about it, like what's funny is I didn't think of the two you mentioned, but it's not because yeah. they, I don't think they're connected. I think they're super connected. It's just because there's so many. That, that fall into this. Um, yeah. Specifically films that deal with females and in, in females dealing with grief. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, and I feel like yeah. it's more, it, there's more, I'm sure there's examples out there where it's it's a male character who's the main the main character. So like movies like Dragonfly or like, um, oh. you know, like that Kevin Costner movie or like, well, when somebody's left behind. Um, but yeah, it's usually, yeah, yeah. it's usually a female character. So, um, the movies I picked up on when we were watching the movie actually was uh, What Lies Beneath, um, which interestingly is focused on a female male character, but it's not in terms of her uh, grief. She's still very much with her husband. Mm-hmm. But the movie, the reason I connected uh, The Night House in that is because the, it, she is discovering her husband and who her husband actually is um interesting and it turns out, yeah yeah so that's a and what lies beneath is a great movie if anybody hasn't seen it i should imagine most people have it's a robert zemeckis movie with harrison ford and michelle pfeiffer um so already a stellar cast but um through the through the the course of the movie um michelle pfeiffer starts putting two together that the disappearance of a neighbor is actually not what she suspects in like a rear window type situation where she's like looking over, you know what mm. I mean? Like spying on the neighborhood, seeing what's going on. It actually mm. turns out that it's Harrison Ford that did it all along. And she's living with the this monster who she 
all of a sudden it's just like, well, I didn't know this person. Like, you know what I mean? Like this person kept all of this from me. So it definitely tied it into that for me, the night house. The night house. Yeah. 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 I, I, as you're, as you're kind of saying that I can, I can picture that kind of connect that connection. Yeah, uh, totally. Saying it. Yeah. And then, um, my second one was, um, the invisible man, um, which is the, from 2020, the movie with, um, I do forget her name, but she's a fantastic actress, uh, from Handmaid's oh, Tale. Um, Elizabeth Moss. Elizabeth yeah. Moss. Yes. Um, yeah. so in, we both saw this, Eric and I, before, I think it was way back in like January 2020, just before lockdown I th- happened. I think, I think it was March, maybe, because we it was saw the last it, we movie saw we that, saw. yeah, we saw that, yeah. and then like the world shut down, so yeah. That's that right, was, yeah. That was March, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I've seen it since, I actually watched it when it came out on uh, Demand, I think I, I rented it. Um, great movie, again, and, and I drew the connection between this movie because uh, it, it, it's her husband, who uh supposedly kills himself um and then um she is dealing with the fact that she didn't well well it's actually interesting because it's not so she's not dealing with the fact that she didn't know her partner she's very much aware of the kind of abusive psychopathic like nightmare of a person that this guy is but it's yeah she is being haunted by him what she thinks is being haunted but he's actually still alive and he's like you know spoilers for the invisible man but um so I did, I, it did vibe with me a little bit like that. Um, mm-hmm. Now it's not too clear of a connection between the two, but it does deal with um, like, I, I I was, I drew the connection between the house that he builds in Invisible Man, which is this very specific house that he has. And mm-hmm. it's like tailored to his, uh, it almost matches his personality, like very cold, very like, um, it's like brutalist architecture almost. And like, yeah, I, so the, the connection between the house and him is also what I drew a parallel with between the night house, which is the mm-hmm. connection that um, the main character Rebecca Hall has with her husband Owen in the house that he built. So, and then also tied into like potential domestic abuse. I think there's yeah. a lot of ways to, re- I think there's a lot of ways to read the night house and we'll get into that. Um, so I, I definitely drew a parallel to that, but also while, whilst we were watching it, the whole time I kept thinking of uh, Japanese horror, or otherwise known as J-horror, I guess, if you're hip. But um, yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like there's definitely, there's a lot of movies, so like Dark Water, um, and forgive me if some of these are actually Korean, but I think most of these are Japanese. Um, like Dark Water, um, I'm trying to think of them off the top of my head now, but I can't. But there's this, um, like, definitely like a, a subgenre of movies where it deals with like, crime solving almost so it's like Mm. it's a horror movie but the person the antagonist is actually unwittingly unknowingly solving a crime that has been committed um so you know like finding out the story and in in the ghosts in a way are connecting to her and being like hey this somebody killed me somebody drowned me in the water tower above the building like in dark water um and it's usually in a lot of j-horror movies it's focused on a female protagonist like like Mm. this is um, and they also tend to deal with more of emotional, uh, complexities, um, in like, like a lot of the movies are like metaphorical for, uh, grief and loss, um, mm-hmm. which I feel like the Nighthouse falls into this genre too, as do all of these movies in a way that we've been talking about. Um, so that's, that was, that was what was triggering in my head while I was watching it. Um, which is a polar opposite of the way that I've, I took Candyman which is is a horror movie from a totally different it's like a it's 
it's a horror movie, but the 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 totally unrelated in terms of like, it, it, you know, um, like yeah. stylistically and, and in terms of genre. Um, so that was really what was popping off. In in theme too. I mean, yeah, yeah. The the themes were opposite in that way. I see what you're saying. Yeah, for sure. Like. I definitely think so. And it's funny that you mentioned Personal Shopper because um, I'm just going to piggyback on what Eric said. Did you just yeah. recently watch Personal Shopper or was it something yeah. you've seen a while back? I, I watched it. I watched it on Monday, yesterday. Oh, yeah, Monday. oh wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm so pleased you watched that movie. That movie is yeah. so good. And I do understand your apprehensiveness in terms of apprehension in terms of like uh, Kristen Stewart, Kristen Stewart. Um, I think that a lot of people do the same thing with Robert Pattinson, where they won't, they'll be like, "Oh, Robert Pattinson's in it. Do I want to watch this?" Yeah, which I feel like is because I've spoke to people who will be like, "Oh, Robert Pattinson's in the Night House. Is that going to be any good? Uh, yeah. The Lighthouse, rather." Um, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So people like underestimate him. I don't know when he was picked for Batman. A lot of people were like, oh. "But that, I think that's natural when there's a like a big pop." sensation like twilight was and you get these yeah. kids who come in and they're like very pretty and they don't really like it's difficult for it's difficult to make that leap when they start making independent movies to be like okay yeah. i trust this kid but it turns out that both of them pattinson and stewart have both done great work and uh both fantastic actors um yeah and pers personal shop if you haven't seen it we'll not go into any spoilers or anything but um please watch that movie not a lot of people watch that movie and it's a great, great movie. It really so, is. I think yeah. um I think it is on a streaming service right now too. I'm not sure mm. which one. I think um, it's on Prime. Is it on yeah, is it on Prime? I actually uh I actually own it. I I got it on um I got it on Criterion. Like Oh uh, you did? Probably during one of my uh, one of the sales that, that was mm -hmm. going on. I'm sure I picked it up because someone said it was good. And I'll do this. I'll just I'll I'll pick up like uh, you know four or five movies that I that I've never seen, but I've heard good things about. And I'll just I'll set them aside. And then, like one day when like I have a day off or something like that, I'll put it in. You know, and and this just happened to be, uh, the the instance where I where I watched that. I was like, you know what? I've heard that this kind of has a a psychological kind of or supernatural kind of bend to it. Let me put it in. Let me watch. Let me see if, if there's any real uh, connection to this movie that we're going to talk about. And it turns out that it, it has a perfect connection to it. That's yeah. That's crazy. Like talk, talk about good time and watch the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Okay. So, I mean, let's just get into the movie then. Um, the night house. Yeah. Um, we obviously did our usual thing once again. I say it every episode, but we didn't talk about it after we saw the movie, even though it was killing me not talking about this movie immediately. So I am fascinated. Um, what did you think? Um, I, I, uh, I really, I said, I said this like we we had we had talked before, and, and I was like, all right, we won't talk about it, but I'll say this: I'm positive on it, and mm -hmm. I after after sitting with it for a handful of days i i am still positive on it um there there are a couple things one thing in particular that I, that i feel is kind of a a uh a, that, that would be kind of a loophole or or kind of a, a con to it but mm -hmm. I, it's it's really kind of small so 
uh, going into it, uh, I was watching it, and I was really, I was on pace with with ever with the storytelling and 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 as everything was going because I wasn't sure what we were gonna get with it. I I didn't know if it was a gonna be kind of a, a typical horror movie or if it was going to be this psychological thriller. Um, if it was going to be one of those situations where everything was in her head the entire time and, oh, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, or if it was going to be one of those things where it was like, no, she's dead. Really? You know? And, oh yeah. And, it, and yeah. it says, this is the other side sort of deal. So, um, I was trying to kind of figure it out as it was kind of dumping the information on you or, or we were kind of getting everything, um, kind of parceled out to us. And I thought there were some really kind of interesting uh, kind of little tidbits that they were giving you at, as the as the story kind of rolled out. And that was uh, one where she was kind of losing uh, or sleepwalking or or waking up in kind of weird spots of the house. But like time had passed like so fastly, like she laid her head down. And when she woke up, she was in the. She was in the in the living on the living room floor or on the bathroom floor or something like that, and I was like, "Well, what happened in between there?" But she was having these nightmares or these kind of visions, almost of of things that were going on in this in this almost alternate timeline. It seemed so. I I wasn't sure, kind of, what I should be paying it, paying attention to uh, at certain points, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so in that whole time, I was I, I was trying to figure out, well, what kind of movie is, am I watching, or what what am I supposed to be kind of picking up on, or when she is in her office and looking on the computer, um, and then she kind of nods off, and then she wakes up really fast, and then she's looking at this website for guns, and I was like, wait, where did where, where did that come from? Yeah, it was it yeah. was like it was like, the, so did she buy the gun, uh, or you know? I mean, uh, this is spoilers way before you started this, so we're going to go into spoilers uh, right now. Um, so her husband goes out on the le- goes out on this lake and shoots himself. You know, kills himself, and it was all a surprise to her. She didn't she didn't have any inclination that he was suicidal or sad or or anything like this. It's just like it's just something that happened all of a sudden. And she's she's kind of dealing with this uh, this sudden loss and trying to figure out, and then all, the entire time trying to figure out why 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 did this happen, and then also trying to go through that that process of grief, you know, you know, uh, being angry, you know, the trauma, trying to forgive, like the the whole the whole thing the entire time, and so. It's almost as in certain points where she kind of becomes a, or what she's seeing kind of becomes an unreliable narrator, narrator, uh, because you're not sure if, if if what she's seen is real or if it was the kind of trauma that's going on in her head the whole time, um, or if there's something bigger at play. And then it turns out she drops this little kind of hint to one of her friends that she, that's kind of helping her through her grief that when she was younger and I, I, I want to say is when she was a teenager. When I'm this guessing. Happened. Yeah. 
I'm guessing. Uh, I think that, it was that she early. Yeah, that she had a near near death experience where she well actually she died. They said she died. Um and but they brought her back. And um and her whole whole thing was like there was nothing there the entire time, you know, and and she was hoping that there would be, but it turns out no, you know, there was there was really nothing there. So yeah. And then, and then that scene, it's like, that's just a little five minute throwaway scene, but it turns out that little scene is kind of the, the crux of the entire movie. And, um, and it turns out that this thing that happened to her was following her and trying to get her back. Um, yeah. So like the, 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 the darkness, yeah the, the, vo- yeah the void yeah yeah the void or like death or whatever however it manifested but the mm-hmm. thing is is it manifested in her husband so i guess i guess it found her and then it manifested it kind of took over her husband's thoughts and i and my thought was that was super ingenious with with yeah. how they kind of with how they kind of uh, tricked you into thinking the type of person that he was, mm-hmm. because because when you start kind of getting all those like little hints and and uh, all this little information about how, the person that he was, it turns out he wasn't that person at at all. As confusing as that sentence was, um, <laughs> you're you're you start to think, oh, he was just this cheating kind of asshole the entire time because he has all these pictures of these women on his phone, like hidden, and they all look the same. They all look like her, dark hair, uh, slender, like different kind of versions of her. And, and she, she's thinking, Oh, I, he's having an affair. He's had, he's had an affair, multiple affairs all this entire time that I've been with him. What kind what kind of person was he? And then it turns out, Oh, he's, he's this, serial killer who's killing these women and burying them um and she finds that out and she's like she was like i was married to a serial killer sort of thing i was like this is crazy this movie's crazy (laughs) and um and and it just and it let it led me along the entire time and i was kind of i was kind of so impressed with um how they fed you the information and made you see, made you see the story in a certain way, but then uh, flipped it on you in certain points where you're like, no, really, this is this is what's happening, you know? Yeah, um, for sure. He he's bu- he's building this kind of alternate house in this different in this different part to kind of trick this this thing that is attached to him, um, because the entire time he's just trying to do the right thing. He's he's trying to save his wife the entire time, but not almost not knowingly. He's suppressing this voice that is kind of telling him to, to kill her, the entire time. So what he's doing is he's going out and tracking these other women to, to, to kind of kill because this thing inside of him is telling him that, that he needs to kill his wife. But he's like he doesn't want to do it the entire time. And it's like it's super interesting how they they kind of add in his skill of um, architecture. Mm-hmm. So he's 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 building in his mind a house to kind of trick 
this this voice or this darkness the entire time. Yeah. Uh, so he's building all these kind of rooms inside of his mind, and then he's also building this physical house somewhere else. So it's all about it's all about kind of feeding you kind of uh, tricks and lies the entire time. It's kind of uh, uh, reeling you in in a certain way, but the, you're not sure what is a trick and what is a lie um, the entire time. And, and then by the end, when you kind of get the big reveal of what it is and, um, and everything, I was like, you know what? The, and at the end, and everything plays out and credits roll the whole thing. And I was sitting there thinking, I was like, you know what? I, I was, I was really impressed. You know, I was impressed by how they kind of told that story and because there's a ton, there's tons of ways that you could have uh, had, could have done that. You know, you could have just gone down the the supernatural path where where it's like there's this malevolent spirit that's trying to kill you, and we're gonna go along that route. And but we've seen that movie before, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but but with this, it really kind of played into this idea of who is that? Who is? Do you know the people that you? Do you really know the people that you surround yourself with and do they have your kind of, do they have your best, your, your, the best intentions for you and your safety in mind? uh, Or are they something completely different, you know, and is that kind of under their control the entire time? So I was, I was kind of, I was pleasantly surprised and kind of impressed with, with how they, how they told their story. Um, so that's why I say I'm, I'm really positive on it, you know, more than, more than my little kind of nitpicky things. And, and, and once we kind of talk it out a little bit, I'll go into that later on. Okay. Yeah. I am interested. Yeah. 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 Give me your, uh, give me your opinion of what you thought. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, very similar to you. Um, I was very positive on the movie when we, when the, the whole experience watching the movie was good. I thought the screen was great. Um, it was a little washed out, but the sound was decent this time, which helped, I mm-hmm. think, this movie. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, very positive on the movie. Uh, and then only in sitting with the movie, letting it gestate, I've become more and more positive on it, which tends to be the case for me. Um, so, yeah, um, I actually would probably go the same, a little, I'd probably say I'm more than positive on it. Um, okay. It, it, it's, I think it's very, very good. Um, so, for me... I kind of I I've been playing around with how I've been reading the movie and like it's ha- mm-hmm. and, and how I've been interpreting the movie and yeah I think the 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 twist between it being um, the classic tale of uh, your husband dies you start uncovering secrets about your husband and then it turns out your husband's a serial killer um, they 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 lead with that but then the the flip which is the supernatural element of the movie in terms of um, her um when she dies she has a really great line actually where she said um it's i realized that there's no light at the end of the tunnel it's just tunnel when she dies which is which so i think so to begin with the near-death experiences or or like uh after-death experiences or however they, they classify them I think that's a very interesting subject and it's something that's always fascinated me and it's it should fascinate everybody because we're all going to die at one point. So everybody's kind yeah. of interested And there's a lot of these. There's a lot of people who will, there's a lot of people who report 
cases where they don't feel or experience anything. And then there's people who have these fantastic, fabulous stories with like crazy like palaces in the sky and stuff. So it's it's such an interesting subject. And to use that and to use to build a horror movie on there being nothing after death is pretty ingenious because horror movies and ghost stories are based around the theory that there is something after death. So to mm-hmm. flip that, to invert it, and to make the fact that there's nothing after death make that the ghost or that the, that's the specter or the monster of the movie, I think it's very clever. I think it's very, very clever indeed. Um, and it's an original screenplay too, this, which I think is really cool. It's not based on mm. anything. It's not a sequel. It's not a remake. It's not a. It's not a uh, American version of a J horror movie or anything like that. It's straight up original <laughs> it's, screenplay. Yeah, uh, it, it's not a graphic novel. Yeah. Oh God. Thank God. <laughs> right. You know what I mean. So um, I think that I think that's a really really clever twist. I and I think they do they handle it very well. Um, and so I was kind of interpreted in the movie in a few different ways. In like. There's a few scenes in the movie that kind of throw you off. There's a the specific scene that I'm going to mention is there's a scene where she um, it's during the nighttime. So the movie follows. It does kind of have that classic horror movie structure where it's daytime as discovery and daytime is like a relaxation period for the audience mm-hmm. uh, where she's making more discovery. She's she's like gathering her thoughts as we're getting ourselves back together. Then when the nighttime falls, that's when all the shit hits the fan. Um, everything yeah. goes down. All the shocks and the jumps happen at nighttime. And then it's like wash, rinse, repeat, like classic horror movie formula or ghost ghost movie uh, yeah. formula, where um, which this movie adheres to. But on one of the evenings, uh, she actually goes outside and uh, there's like a one r- young girl runs past her and then appears to go to the edge of... So they live on a lake in this fabulous house that this guy Owen built um, for them in their relationship. And I guess by the sound of things, they've been together for like 13 years, I think she said. So they've been together, yeah. I'm guessing... Yeah. Almost since they were high schoolers. Uh, so it sounds like the mass majority of the adult life they've lived together. Anyway, I, so... I you, would, I, yeah, I would say probably college. I, I would think they met Yeah, college. college. Yeah, probably. Because yeah, she's yeah. she's actually three years younger than me in real life, Rebecca Hall. I looked her up. So that would, yeah, yeah. that would figure like a college romance. You know what I mean? So yeah. the one girl runs past it and it's like a, a specter of a girl. And then she jumps, appears to be jumping off the cliff into the water. Uh, and then another girl does it, and then another girl does it. And for some reason, that scene really doesn't sit well with me because I, in terms of how the movie plays out, so obviously Owen is, I guess, quote-unquote, sacrificing women who look like, um, I think her name is Beth, the main character, to look like her, that look like her, in order to appease this darkness that's saying that wants her back. It wants her back. Uh, she died already, and it's like, is all consuming so it's whispering in owen's ear saying hey kill her bring her back so to appease it he's killing girls that look like her that kind of threw me because i'm like well why are these women throwing themselves off the cliff Mm -hmm. because that's not how he's killing them he's essentially seducing these women because he's a good looking guy seducing them taking them out to wherever or taking them out across the lake to that mirror house that he built in the woods which is very yeah. clever too, and then and literally burying them in, under the floorboards. Everybody's killing yeah. them because she just she yeah. finds them. So the the women running off the cliff kind of doesn't sit well with me. And when I kept thinking about it, I kind of see the movie as this, and like I, this is just my interpretation. But she underwent an experience when she was younger that like literally fractured her worldview. So basically, she. 
she realized there was nothing after death, so it fundamentally changed the way she is. So she has this like darkness that's inside of her um, mm-hmm. because of that experience. Now, she would she mentions in the movie that Owen was very different, and he was very positive, and he believed in life after death. So if anything, he was she was using that light that he had for herself because it, she didn't. So in a way, he was bringing, she was living through his belief that there was life after death. So when Owen kills himself, tragically, what happens is naturally um, her own doubt and her own fear starts to kick back in. So without this positive light in her life anymore, she's more prone to start to see things more negatively and to start seeing that there's nothing nothing after death. So like this darkness once again creeps back into her life. So for me, I kind of read the movie in a way that when Owen was killing these women, it's like a metaphor mm-hmm. or I'm not very good uh, with the English language. So it's like mm-hmm. a metaphor for he's literally, it's not that he's killing these other women. He's, he, over the period of time that he was with her, he was having to figuratively like uh, break her of that mindset in that darkness. Mm. So he's actually killing that side of her and, and that, that's what those women were. It was like he was trying to keep her positive, which why the women running off the cliff was kind of tied into that for me is because I kind of see that as like she, he he could have been dealing with her being very emotionally unstable throughout mm. this whole period. So when he eventually gave up, it's like he gave up the fight and he's like, yeah, you're, you, you don't have anything to, you know, there's nothing behind you, you know? And like, yeah. So I kind of read it like that, like obviously according to the stories, killing these women, but I like to think of it as that like he wasn't really killing the women. He was just like killing that side of her, protecting her from that side of her that was mm. prone prone to misery, prone to, uh, to depression, I'm guessing. So I kind of saw the women running off the cliff as her attempting suicide or like going through the motions of doing that. Now, obviously that that's just one little reading of the movie that I have. And I, I like to think of it that way because I think it's interesting when I think of the movie that way. Um, mm-hmm. um, so do you, do you think that he really killed those women or no? Well, yeah, I mean, I think he did. I, I oh, think okay. he did. Um, but I think I choose to read that he didn't. You know what I mean? I, okay. I like to think of it. I like to think of it that way. Um, but I think he probably did. I mean, the movie kind of says that he did. Um, yeah. The yeah. movie does the, the movie doesn't play around with like ambiguity too much. It's kind of like you no, know, yeah, it really doesn't. It, it kind of yeah. it lays it lays everything out for you pretty well. It's I think just so too. Um, I just I just like the the idea of of he's like this normal positive guy, and then all of a sudden one day he has this darkness inside of him, and he doesn't even know kind of where it came from. It's just this obsession that he has with these women just out of nowhere, but it's, it's, it's never under his own control. It's this other thing that's controlling him, which is super interesting because if you're just thinking of, uh, just like a, kind of a modern day serial killer, it's like, there's something else inside of them. There's some drive, like a primal drive inside of them that is pushing them to do these horrible things and they don't understand what it is or, Maybe they do, maybe they don't. 
But yeah, uh, let's just, let's just say in the case of Owen, he has probably never had these thoughts his entire life up until the point where he he gets involved with her. So my I guess my question is, how long has it been going on? He was normal up until up until a certain point, and then once they kind of get in a, in a relationship, does it like hit him automatically? So it's been going on for the last thirteen years. Or is yeah, it something I think that, so. is, that it has been, yeah, that has been going on for say the past year or so? Because, say, if it's going on for the last thirteen plus years, I would think that uh, he would have been caught by that point. You know? Well, yeah, totally. <laughs> that I feel like, that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of one of my uh, my little. Uh, Oh, like a logic flaw with the movie? Yeah, like a logic yeah. problem with it. It's like, so he he's, might be one of the most prolific serial killers in, <laughs> in the in the world uh, who's been killing for uh, over a decade, and no one has a clue about any of it. You know, in our modern era, in, in our day when they could find people at a drop of the hat, you know? Yeah. Well, just, I kind of see off, it, though. I kind of see it like, so I, when he, um, got the, the, the way I read it is when he got together with Beth, they started a relationship. I, I feel it more of a, like a tightening of the screw. So yeah, it's been going on for 13 years, but it's like 13 years of this whispering in his ear. Mm-hmm. So like the screw keeps getting tighter and tighter. And then, so you see the flashbacks where she's laying on his lap and she's asleep and he goes to put his hands around her throat and then he pulls off. So I feel like there was a, like a gradual escalation of that to the point where mm-hmm. he was like, I can't fight off this urge any longer. So I'm going to yeah. have to, I have to use it. I have to find a, a surrogate or like a, a channel for this. Um, and then also, along the lines of him tricking the devil. So he's going to, so I feel like it was more of a gradual thing. So the urge built and built and built, because if you take the movie uh, on its face value, when she goes to the house, the house that he builds, the duplicate duplicate house is a lot smaller than the actual house they live in. And when she, she, she's uh, digging around, looking for stuff in the house, she goes through the floorboards and she sees bodies, but you only probably see, I would estimate about six bodies, give or take. Um, yeah. just from what we saw. So theoretically, but over 13 years, six people, he could have been yeah. doing one every year for the past six years when he got to the halfway point and it became too unbearable for him. Yeah. Um, but there, yeah, but in the, the photos, there's like multiple, multiple photos of, well, of that's different true. types. Of, yeah. Yeah. Of but like, maybe uh, he was scoping those though, like scoping them. Yeah. They were like yeah, potentials, yeah. not yeah. definite, but um, it, it, it does raise it. It, it is an interesting thing to think about though. And like, I do think, yeah, the movie, I don't think the movie plays in like with any vague notion at all. It's very, it, it does a lot of things really, really well. And um, this was another thing I was going to talk about with my review of the movie is this isn't from me. I actually read this um, when I, I read a review of the movie on IndieWire after seeing the movie, um, just because I wanted to see what other people were talking about it. And the, and the person, I don't know their name, so I apologize in advance. Uh, the person who wrote the review raised a really cool point about the movie and I wanted to bring it up with you. Um, they mentioned the sound of the movie and how the movie mm-hmm. does um, very interesting things with sound design and, and what they what they brought up is really interesting. So in a traditional horror movie, jump scares are telegraphed. Uh, so yeah. the music starts to build, the 
floorboards start to creak, everything slows down. So the audience, us as an audience become, we know that the scare's coming, so we prepare ourselves for it. And then the scare happens. And if it's clever, it'll try to do like some, like a, a fun little thing, like, you know, the cat will jump out and it's not the, you know, yeah. we mentioned this last yeah. week. So it'll do something like that. But it's telegraphed, it'll happen, then it stops and it drops down again, okay? Um, the Nighthouse does something really clever and it doesn't do that at all. The Nighthouse doesn't telegraph its jump scares. When the jump scares happen in the Nighthouse, it's disorientating and it happens immediately. In the musical, just like there's a scene where she wakes up and there's like interference and like music on the radio and it's like definitely loud and it just mm. comes out of nowhere. And when she tends to, tends to switch between the real world and a dream world, uh, it feels like it's a dream world. It's it it doesn't trigger. There's no build up to this. Um, so all of the good effective jump scares in the movie are played counter to how we are trained to watch jump scares in a horror movie, which I think is super cool because it definitely does do that, um, mm -hmm. which I think is fascinating. And then um, they also mentioned another thing that I wanted to bring up too um, is the how Rebecca Hall, the actress, portrays the character. And I agree with this 100%. So I want to mention this, like, regardless of how I see the movie, and I'm very, very positive on the movie, I think the single best performance I've seen in a movie this year is Rebecca Hall in this movie. And I think she's mm -hmm. fabulous in it. Now, it's written very well, but, like, I, I give it that, that she's is written as a character very, very well. But what a really, it's it's such a good performance because she plays Beth with this, like, she's, she doesn't play her as just, like, a grieving widow, like, and that's her role. She's the grieving widow who gets, widow who gets scared. She's such a three-dimensional character because she's sloppy, she gets drunk, she gets sassy, she's funny, she's, uh, she gets yeah. angry, she Shoot. gets pissy. Oh, yeah. You Super know? cynical, too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. deadpan, like, in, in, like, she's has such such dynamics to her and she feels so real and relatable and and i think the whole movie i was really enjoying that i was really enjoying how like she can flip between vulnerable and then desperate and then then like um aggressive and like angry and fed up and like furious and she's going through all these stages of grief and but we're getting to see all of these stages but she's she always does it with such like heart and like she's such mm -hmm. a good she's a, a made me realize I've seen Rebecca Hall in a lot of movies. Never really, I mean, like, I think the first movie I saw Rebecca Hall in was um, Starter for Ten, which is a romantic comedy with James McAvoy, which is a great movie, but it's, like, set in the, like, early 90s, late 80s uh, in I England. Think the, um, the one that I remember her from, what, I think she was in The Town. Yes, she is in The Town. She's yeah. Ben Affleck's yeah. love interest in The Town. Yeah, good yeah. pull. Um, and I think she's a real talent. I think she's a real, real talent. And for me, mm -hmm. pound for pound, best performance of the year. Nobody's topped that performance for me this year. And I and like I'm I don't think it's gonna happen with June, but uh we'll yeah. get into that another day. But like I think so that that's definitely sold a movie. And like so a couple of things that came up from that indie wire um article I thought were interesting in relation to this movie and like my my feelings on the movie so yeah i'm very very positive on the movie i would definitely recommend people go and see it um the the director uh david buckner i'm not going to murder his name um he's made <laughs> he's only made one of the full-length movie um 
in the other full length movie he made is actually streaming. It's a Netflix original and it's called The Ritual. Um, I did watch. I watched that like when it very first came out on Netflix. And yeah. when you said you were you were going to rewatch, I was like, oh, yeah, I kind of rem- I remember seeing that. I remember. I think I liked it. Um, it's really but, uh, good. I, wa- I watched it the weekend. Yeah, I, ca- I kind of want to watch it again. Um, because I do remember um, liking it, so um, I don't know. Maybe we'll do a review on it or something like that. Yeah, for sure. And it and it plays very different. It does deal with the central issue of grief. Uh, one of the main characters loses his best friend in a, in a violent assault. Um, so it does play with in that same wheelhouse, you know, losing yeah. a loved one. Um, but it, it frames it very much in a survival horror movie along the lines of like. Um, Ooh, like dog soldiers lost in the woods survival horror movie um, mm. with like a, a cultish as- aspect so different different style of horror movie but like the guy's very very talented he's only ever done shorts before this like short movie like i guess there's a horror um compilation called vhs that came out not mm-hmm. like a few years back yeah. and he did like a short segment on that but um definitely uh would recommend that anybody if you do like the night house if you see if you've seen it Check out the ritual too, because yeah, I think the guy's got chops. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I really want to pay attention to other stuff that he's kind of that he is uh, gonna do because it, it's he's not doing that kind of typical, at least from everything that I've seen so far, it's not that kind of typical fare of uh, of horror, you know, so. Mm-hmm. So I, I think he, he kind of has a really kind of interesting vision about what he, he's trying to do. So, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to, to seeing kind of what else he, he uh, offers in the future. Yeah. So your main con with the movie, like you said, Eric, was like fell along the yeah. lines of like the, lo- the logic flaws? Uh, yeah, a little bit of the logic stuff. So be, because the, the, the main thing with... Uh, with hers, like she has that, that near death experience. So this thing is after her and we're, we're assuming that it happened to her when she was a teenager. So from the point Mm -hmm. that she was a teenager up until the point where her husband kills herself, that in that time in between, which is probably 20 some odd years, this thing only manifested in her husband her entire life so she never had she was never had a close relationship or a boyfriend or yeah a different a different relationship with anybody mm-hmm. else her entire life up until when she married this person so this 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 malevolent omnipresent darkness that is around her and is searching for her, her entire life will only kind of manifest in in this man that she marries, there was nobody before that at all that it could have kind of gotten <laughs> into their head. So that was kind of my only gripe with the logic of it. But yeah. I mean, once you kind of let that go, uh, I, w- I was fine with everything else. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like we, when we talked uh, briefly after the movie, you you mentioned a point in the movie where it hit a point and then you were like pretty positive, then it hit a point and then you became more positive. And I'm guessing from what you were saying, that's when you discovered like the twist on 
the husband in the yeah. darkness. Be, yeah. And I would say yeah. that's it's pretty similar for me. Um, I was just, I, the, a lot of the times when we were watching the movie, I was worried that it was going to go down the road of, it's all just a dream. She's dead all along. It's, yeah. And like, <laughs> yeah. so it yeah, bypasses yeah. all of those like pitfalls where I, I thought it could just, it could end up being very generic and it, and it just kept, it kept surprising me, which is difficult to do because I've seen so many bloody movies. Um, yeah. And I find myself, I found myself like allowing the movie, not trying to uh, guess the twist of the movie. I wasn't trying to like figure out the movie. I was like, okay, just tell me the story. Like, let, let's have it, you know? Um, yeah. And there's a few very, very striking visual elements of the movie too. There's uh, some really good use of um, like low light photography when they're outside. There's in some of the dream sequences where they use like um, like a red filter and like they... Oh like yeah. really boost yeah, they... the red in the sky on the lake. Um, there's a really cool section where she gets contorted and she's almost being possessed by the darkness and she gets contorted mm -hmm. up and she's like um like almost like a marionette, a lot like the statue, the figurine that she finds with the um, yeah. the the voodoo, whatever it was, like occult stuff that threw it. Um yeah, I thought that the, was very there was striking. A, there was a really good sequence that that they did uh a, probably towards the the last three-fourths of the movie, like probably within the last half hour of the movie or so, um, where it was like they would do this reverse shot, like she would be walking up to something, and you're assuming she's in a dream, so she's walking up to her house, and the address is backwards. So yeah. when, she walks in the, when she walks in the door, everything is right side, and then mm -hmm. when she looks over on the floor, everything switches to the left side, and then when she looks up from the floor, it switches back to the right side. So it's it's playing this really interesting game of uh, of a maze because the because the whole time uh, her she finds her husband's notebook where he's doing this kind of reverse plan for the house, and he's trying to kind of trick the darkness mm -hmm. um, the 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 entire time. So he's building kind of the a maze for the for the voice or for the darkness while he's trying to live his regular life in this opposite house. So I yeah. like how they kind of played with like different camera angles to kind of uh, to kind of give you that visual of, of yeah. uh, what was going on there. Yeah, I thought that was super cool. There's a, there's a section, there's a couple of sections where they do that like um, uh, geometric uh, trick of the light thing where like two elements, one one like architecturally one in front of the other when they're lined up they oh, form the yeah, silhouette of, yeah. a, of a human but then when yeah. she moves off and the the elements become out of line there's nothing there and i thought that's really clever and that's a pretty cool like use of symbolism in in the terms of when she was looking at her husband and she was looking at him straight on in terms of who he was she could see him but when she started to look to the left, to the right, when she started to look around who he was, then she kind of lost track of who he was. And like, that's cool symbolism between the, that, that in terms of architecture and that, and like a trick of the eye in like the tying in of the architecture to, yeah, like you said, like him building the maze within the house. Like it's, it's very clever. There's, it, it definitely feels like it was a labor of love, this movie. And like, um, mm -hmm. the guys, like the guy who, uh, Buckner who made it is like very 
thoughtful. There's in the ritual. There's a there's a few things that he does very similarly. That um, with um, there's a uh, I'll not give any spoilers if anybody hasn't listened to it uh, saw it, but the one of the tragic events that happens at the beginning of the movie happens in a convenience store which comes back to haunt the main character. Now, when they're actually out in the woods in Sweden, they get lost. He starts to reintroduce that convenience store within the woods in this like dream state. But what he starts to do is he starts to break it down. So it, it goes from being the convenience store that he remembered to being a convenience store that starts getting taken over by nature. But then what he starts mm. to do is he starts to dismantle the order of the store. So then it, it starts to be rather than a square store, in the middle of the woods, it starts to be fractured into being like this long corridor. So he's he's playing with the um, like the geometry of the store, and like he, you could tell, like that must be something that he's very into. Like I wonder if he studied architecture at school or something, because he does a lot of that in the night house too. And I think it's very clever. And obviously, we know other directors have done that, like famous horror directors like Spielberg, uh, not Spielberg, uh, Kubrick, with The Shining in terms of like people have studied like the layout of the building in the shining for years in this whole yeah. like conspiracy theories about that so he was doing that i think ariasta does a lot of that with the um the models that she builds in hereditary in um, the model versions of the house that she builds so like i like it when directors do that like i think it's really cool you know yeah it's a really kind of clever device that uh that kind of adds to the whole storytelling uh, aspect of the movie. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, like, I mean, to wrap it up, at least to wrap the night house up for me, yeah, I would, like, I'm very, very positive on it, and I've got a feeling if I watch it again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch it as soon as it comes out on streaming. I've got a feeling it's going to keep going up for me. I don't think it's going to get worse. I, I think so, yeah. I really think so. I, it's definitely, it's a movie that I want to see again just to mm -hmm. kind of pick up anything that, any kind of crumbs that they left for me that I didn't pick up on the first time because I know yeah. they're, they have to be in there. Um, oh, I'm it's sure. just one of the, yeah, it's one of those movies that, that, uh, that you want to kind of examine one more time. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely sure. positive. De definitely go and, and check it out if you haven't already. Yeah. Cause it's probably, you're going to run out of time. Cause I think like this might be the last week it's screening, at least in Tennessee. Probably. I don't, I yeah. don't think it's, yeah. it's going to get shoved out of the way by, uh, Legend of the Seven Rings or whatever it's called. Um, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, and like I have been going to the movies pretty actively trying to use up my past. So I have seen a lot of movies that have came out recently. I've seen Free Guy. I've seen um, The Protégé. Um, so I've been act actively going in like you don't have to take whoever's listening to this, you don't have to take my word for it because like, like obviously you might have different opinions on what's a good movie. But like it's rare that you get thoughtful clever movies like this um that are sharing box office space alongside bigger movies and it's just because i feel like this movie would have been buried if this was like a normal september like we wouldn't be talking about this movie but because of the pandemic and because people are holding back on releases there's an opportunity to see this on a big screen in a multiplex not an art house theater and like yeah you should definitely t it's worth it it's worth it for the for the gamble, like you might find something that like might move you, might like inspire you a bit, and like I think it's yeah for sure, definitely go and see it if you get the chance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they were they showed a preview for a movie that I totally forgot about. That I was like, oh, that looks interesting. That movie Antlers. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, I was like, 
where whatever happened to that movie and it's like it's yeah it was like the the, the same thing it was like they they just put it on hold you know sort of sort of thing because it would have probably gotten lost in the shuffle of everything so mm-hmm. um yeah i think that's kind of what we're going to start seeing um as the as the months kind of go as the months go by you know as as long as everything kind of progressive progresses and slowly starts to open up a little bit more they they might feel a little bit safe kind of releasing these things that they've been holding on to for a while so we might see a few type of movies like this that uh that might have just gone direct to like a streaming service so yeah um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Obviously, with the run up to Halloween too, I'm sure you and I are going to be talking about yeah. more horror movies in the next yeah. few weeks because I, I, I'm sure that that new Halloween movie is going to come out. Um, that Antlers movie is coming out clearly. Um, so yeah, it's not that we're consciously choosing to do horror right now. Yeah, like you said <laughs> at the beginning, just seems to yeah. be like horror is the topic right now. Um, so with I that think, being said, um, oh sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I Harry. think. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I think like next week. The only thing that's really coming out is Card Counter, I think. <gasps> is that With coming the... out? I think so. I think so. Okay, yeah, I want to see that really badly. Um, that's the... Um, that's um, a Paul Schrader. Um, Paul Schrader, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess I didn't see his last movie. Did you see Schrader's last movie um, with Ethan Hawke? That's meant to be really, really good. Um, I did. Yeah, I did see that. Uh, with the, yeah. the priest. Um, yeah, very good. Very good. Yeah, so I'm sure this is going to be good. Uh, it's um, The cast seems really, really cool. I think it's like Tiffany Haddish, and then, which is kind of weird, and then um, Oscar Isaac. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so... I'm sure that's going to be, it's definitely going to be, if we can get in to see it, it'll, it'll probably end up being a podcast for, for us too. Yeah, definitely. Um, no. Yeah, so maybe not horror next week, but we'll see. Maybe not. We'll see. Um, <laughs> do you have anything you'd like to recommend, Eric? Um, well, the only thing that I, I really watched uh, after that was uh, I watched Personal Shopper, which is... Um, which is totally worth to see. And then I watched a, a documentary on Elliot Smith. Um, oh, really? It's called Heaven Adores You or Heaven Adores Me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might be the first one, Heaven Adores You. It's on It's on Amazon. I'm always a sucker for uh, like a music biopic mm-hmm. documentary sort of thing. Um, and it had kind of been on my, my radar for a minute and I just never got around to it. And uh, it's not super. It's not super long. So, uh, mm-hmm. so I was like, "Yeah, I'll throw it in. I'll, I'll kind of watch it." And it very interesting. Very interesting guy. And and it it, um, it made me want to go and kind of relook at his catalog. So, um, oh yeah, I, I th- heaven heaven adores you. I believe that's what it's called. Yeah, I'll probably watch that. I, 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 I might bring up some. Uh, I do really like Elliot Smith. Or I did. Well, I still do like him. Um, but yeah, I saw Elliot Smith years and years ago. Um, the very first show that he ever played in England, he played at Camden, Camden Market in London. Mm. And, um, we went, a buddy of me, a buddy of mine, we, we actually got the bus all the way from Newcastle, all the way down to London, sat outside and waited all day. And then I saw him play and it was when he was touring off either or, um, oh, wow. and he was playing, yeah. And he was playing with that band Quasi and Quasi 
were his backing band. So they opened for him and then they also doubled as backing band for either or. Oh, wow. So I saw him then. That was really early on. And I saw him a couple of times after that. I saw him when he did his uh, XO, the, the next record, I, and when he came yeah. back. And you could kind of see, like, as his records got bigger and bigger, like, his band was huge. The next time I saw him, his band was, like, it, and it was in a much bigger venue. And you could see, like, I know that he struggled with um, his 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 music and, like, the... Uh, like his thrust into the spotlight and how he was probably struggling with that. Um, mm. So you could you could see it when I saw him because for the first time I saw him and he was more or less playing most of his songs by himself, um, he, he seemed far more content. But when I saw him on a bigger stage with a big band, he looked lost, like totally lost. Oh, wow. Like yeah. he didn't look comfortable. And I didn't enjoy it as much, but I didn't enjoy the later records as much anyway. Huh. Um, but you could see it in him, which is kind of weird um, in hindsight after what he did, yeah. you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very, very good. Very interesting little little documentary. Uh, about yeah, him. I'll watch yeah. that, I think. Um, I don't really have much to recommend, other than, obviously, I mentioned The Ritual. I do believe we should see it. Um, oh, yeah. The only other thing I watched recently is I started the new season of What We Do in the Shadows, which is <laughs> fabulous. Um, yeah. And everything you could ever hope for. For that show, it's so good. Oh, really? I started um, the new Steve Martin and Martin Short uh, dra- dramedy, like comedy drama on Hulu called uh, Only Murders in the Building, which is really, really good. Um, I highly recommend that show. Um, very, very interesting. Is, and then I started. Is it just like a, a like a murder mystery sort of thing? Yeah, so it, it's like a murder mystery uh, set in this building in New York. Um, but what the characters are doing, they're trying to uncover. It's like a whodunit. Um, so they're trying to uncover who kill, killed this person in the building, but whilst s- simultaneously starting a podcast to talk about it, <laughs> like a oh, okay. like my favorite murder <laughs> podcast or whatever it's called. Oh, um, okay. And it's really cute. It's it's very um it's it's just it's very feel good. It's kind of like um, the, it's just nice to see like Steve Martin and Martin Short. Like they're so great. Nathan Lane is in it too, and like. It's such a good cast, and like it's just really fun. It's like very, very entertaining. Like that's the best way to describe it. And then I also started that Nine Perfect Strangers on Hulu, which is um, oh yeah, yeah with uh, Nicole. Really good cast too. Nicole Kidman, um, Bobby Carnival, um, Melissa McCarthy, a bunch of people. Um, and uh, what's his face uh, from Chicago? That super good actor. Um, his name escapes me. He is the bad guy in The Shape of Water and a bunch of other things. Um, Michael Shannon? Like, yes, Michael Shannon. Thank God you said that. I thought I was going crazy. <laughs> Michael Shannon's in it. And I'm, I watched the first four episodes of that show, which is, I recommend, it's good, but specifically because there's a section in the, I think it's the fourth episode of that show where Michael Shannon is delivering this speech about um, his son who committed suicide um on theme with the night house and um it's a it's like a it's set in like a um a wellness camp for people who are like wanting to get through work out through emotional problems and he goes with yeah. his wife and his daughter because their son killed himself when he was like 19 18 years old but anyway michael shannon delivers a speech it's a toast at the start of this meal and he, he starts talking about the day that his son killed himself in michael shannon is such a good actor holy crap yeah. and it's worth watching it just for that one scene because it gives you shivers he's so good 
like, and then it made me think about all the other things I've liked Michael Shannon in, uh, Midnight Special, you know, Shape of Water, so on and so forth. Just, yeah, excellent. So not, that's a yeah, recommend. Uh, yeah, know? Nocturnal Animals, he was really good. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, but so that was worth it. But not a lot of movies other than the ones we've already discussed. Yeah. I'm going to definitely cool. check out The Ritual again. No, Eric, I think you should. Like, I, I really think you'll dig it. I think, like, I think you'll, especially in the wake of watching The Night House, I'm really curious to see what you think when you rewatch it. Really cool. curious. Uh, cool. So uh, I think what we'll do is this week, I'm going to try and drop hints on Instagram. I tried it. I didn't really do a very good job of it, but I'm going to post stories, which will be hints <laughs> and clues for our next episode. So I'm, look out for those on Instagram. Please follow us on Instagram. Please leave a voicemail if you'd like. Um, yeah. That's a, such a thrill when we get something yeah. like that. Um, and uh, we'll keep. We'll, we'll, we're going to keep it secret what we're going to do next, but you'll 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 find out. Um, and thank you again for listening. And thank you, Eric, for having a good conversation today. All right. Thanks, Scott. <laughs>